I want to speak to you about backsliding. Whenever you're right with God and everything's going great, you're growing in the Lord, that's wonderful. But uh, everybody has tendencies to backslide and get away from God in their life. It happens to people all the time. Um, uh, Actually, in my life, I have pastored now since I was 22 years old and 76 now, so that's about 54 years. Well, I pastored 46 of those years and then been in evangelism now for be eight years in May. But uh, uh, there are times when I wasn't as close to God as at other times. There were times when I would have the schedule, I'd be pastoring, and say, we have soul winning on Saturday morning or whenever. And we'd show up, and to tell you the truth, don't tell anybody else, but I didn't want to go. Didn't want to go soul winning. But I did it anyway. Because it's supposed to. Because that's what the Word of God says. And, uh, and so whenever that happened, of course, I felt like I was backslidden away from the Lord a little bit. And I want to speak about that this morning. Hopefully it'll help you. Um, now, you go through the Bible and there were some great, great men of God in the Bible that got backslidden at times in their life. Uh, you know, we won't talk about Abraham very much, but he got backslidden when he was in Egypt. Uh, Noah was another one. Noah was faithful to God for 600 years, built the ark, the ark landed, they planted a vineyard, he grew some grapes. He had been close to God for 600 years, and now he gets backslidden and makes some liquor and gets drunk. After 600 years of living for God, man, that is amazing that he blew it. Now, if I ask any of you here today and said, hey, stand up and tell me about Noah, you would probably include in your story about him getting drunk and, and then his, one of his children was cursed because of sin and so on. And, and, but he got backslidden. And it hurt not only him, but it hurt his family. And it hurt people all the way down through history. You know, uh, uh, so folks, uh, it doesn't just affect you when you get backslidden. It affects others. Uh, Think about Lot. Lot, of course, pitched his tent towards Sodom. And uh, he got backslidden. He got too close to the world getting down there in Sodom and and the problem was, is mainly, is that even though he got out of the city when God destroyed the city, but his two daughters committed sin with him, and the rest of his family all died in Sodom, where else his wife, and plus his wife turned into a pillar of salt. Man, for just him getting backslidden and pitching his tent towards Sodom. There's a lot of, a lot of payments that we go through, a lot of problems that we go through, uh, that not only we go through, but our whole family goes through, or people that you know go through, and people that you influence that go through and so on, that hurts a lot of people. That's why the more influence you have, the more people you hurt when you mess up. And do uh, <clears throat> you know that it's amazing that most all of you students know my name, but I don't know all of you students' names. I, and I, if you gave me a thousand dollars to, there's about seven of you I know pretty good. My grandkids, 
And some of the other ones, I, I know a few of the other names, but almost all of you know my name. I just met Brother Holman before church here, and we were talking a little bit, and he uh, uh, fellowshiped a little bit. I might be able to remember your name, but maybe not. Um, you know, when you get old, you forget easy. But, uh, uh, folks, we all influence people. We influence people in our lives, and, and whenever you mess up, you hurt a lot of people. And so if I were to mess up in my life, it would hurt a lot of people at Fairhaven. It would hurt a lot of people in all of the churches that I've preached in in the last eight years. It would hurt a lot of people in all of the towns where I pastored in the last, uh, since I was 22, since 1969. And so, so anyway, uh, uh, think about who you'll hurt and mess up. Uh, think about David. David, if you, you don't tell the story of David without talking about David messed up. And he sinned, fell into sin, and, and he sinned, and, and then uh, and he had to pay for it with the loss of his children. His family paid for the sins that he committed and so on, and then, so it didn't just affect him. Think about the Apostle Peter uh, denied Christ three times. You don't talk about the Apostle Peter without talking about him denying Christ. Well, yes, he did preach on the day of Pentecost after God forgave him and, and he got things right with the Lord and God blessed and 3,000 people got saved. And wow, there, I've never preached a message and 3,000 people got saved. I mean, I was thrilled if three people got saved. I, in fact, I was thrilled if one person would get saved when I would preach and so on. But uh, the Apostle Peter, John Mark, he got uh, frightened and uh, about the persecution that was coming to the church and God's people and, and he got backslidden and went home. Uh, Samson yielded to Delilah, got backslidden and away from God and wasn't following his parents' guidance and so on. Uh, Christians backslide and it's not falling from grace though. You don't lose your salvation when you get backslidden. Thank God for that. But, but you do... Um, lose your uh, joy, you lose the, your peace with God, and the most miserable person here this morning is somebody that's saved but backslidden. You know, a saved person is not even as much at peace as a lost person is. Man, a lost person doesn't have much peace and they're going to die and go to hell, but they don't think about it much. But a saved person, you have Christ in your heart and you're miserable. If you're saved and you go out and do sin and get in sin and stuff like that, uh, you might have fun for a moment or a day, but man, you're under conviction all the time. And if you can go out and do things wrong and wicked and not be under conviction about it, you're not saved. Think about that a little bit. Do you know, um, uh, if you're actually at one time in your life were closer to God than you are right now, then you're backslidden a little bit. Maybe a whole bunch. But you ought to be as close to God today as you ever were. And we ought to strive to be as close to God as we ever were and continue to even get closer to the Lord as our days go by and so on. Uh, the songwriter said, I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day. Uh, still praying as I'm onward bound, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Do you know, backsliding is... Sliding. 
It doesn't say backpedaling and so on. Just Sunday night, I was going through the gym hallway, going down to the, because I was parked in the back parking lot there, and I just went out that door, and man, I slipped on it. There was some water dripping off of the roof, and it was coming down, and it looked like it was just water on the sidewalk, but it was frozen water. But it looked just like it was regular water, and man, oh man, I, my, almost, what, what do you do when you start to slip? You grab something. And I grabbed onto the door and whatever and didn't fall. And I thought, man, somebody's going to break their neck uh, coming out this door. And, and so my wife and I, we uh, stayed, stayed there by the door making sure that people knew that it was. Uh, and then, then we thought, well, let's do this. And my, my wife went to the car and got a scraper. And we, she was starting to scrape on the sidewalk. And I said, hey, let's just throw some of these rocks up there. And so we took a few hands full of pebbles that were by the bushes there, threw them on the on there and to keep people from sliding when they went out the door and breaking their neck. The, the problem is, is when you get about my age and you slip and fall, you're liable to break something pretty easy, you know, and so you, it's kind of scary when you start to fall. It's no fun when you're your age and you slip. If you'd have walked out that door, you could have slid and broke your neck too or something, you know, when you fell. But uh, usually... Uh, Somebody your age doesn't get hurt as bad when they fall as somebody that's older. And I was thinking, man, some old person's going to come by here if there are any, you know, uh, not talking about myself, but somebody that's old <laughs> is going to come by here and uh, slip and they're going to fall and they're going to get hurt. Man, we need to watch this until, until we got the rocks on there and then we, we left. But, but it's kind of like sliding, sliding. I, you know, I loved to go sledding when I was in... Uh, a younger person, and we would uh, up in Wisconsin, man, we would sled down these hills, and man, we had a, a, a ball doing stuff like that. And I like to go four wheeling. And back then, when I was a boy, they didn't have four wheelers, they had three wheelers. But then they got so dangerous, so many people were getting hurt that they outlawed three wheelers, and, and then uh, people were driving four wheelers. And so, so you guys got to four wheelers, and they're a lot safer. And you know, it's a little harder for you to get hurt on them. But it was easy for uh, uh, the three-wheelers. Do you know, um, if you're lost, of course, you're on your way to hell. But if you're saved, it's easy to get backsliding and slip away from the, the Lord. You know, God has not changed. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And uh, uh, He has never failed what he said he was going to do. His word is inspired. Thank God for that. He is good to us. He's no less wonderful than he ever was. And we need to understand that the greatest place to be in your life is close to the Lord Jesus Christ. The happiest that you have ever been was when you were totally right with God. Everything was confessed to the Lord. You were living for God and he was first in your life and so on. That's the happiest that you ever were in your life. And so if you're not as happy as you ever were, then something's wrong. Something's wrong. Maybe somebody that you care a whole lot about said they're not interested in you anymore. You know, of course, it's easy to get uh, discouraged when something like that happens. But folks, no matter what happens in your life, it's not an excuse to get backslidden. A lot of different negative things happen in a person's life. And so don't get backslidden because of it. Uh, when you're, when you're uh, uh, born again, 
and you get in sin, you'll never be happy while you're in sin. You'll never be happy. You might have a little bit of fun, but you're not going to be happy. If you want to be happy, there's two things you can do. You heard about the songwriter that wrote that song? If you want to be happy for the rest of your life, get an ugly girl to be your wife. So from my personal point of view, get an ugly girl to marry you. Uh, I didn't write that. Uh, Somebody else wrote that. And I just copied them, you know, and so on. But um, uh, so you can do that or you can get right with God. It might be good to be right with God and then marry a pretty girl. Amen. Okay. Um, You know, if you, there's probably not anybody here that's been drinking any alcohol ever. Um, You say, preacher, how much alcohol have you drank in your life? None. None. Uh, Never did. And hopefully you haven't either. But let's say you got backslidden. You're away from God. And before you got saved, you went and uh, drank some beer somewhere. And so now you're backslidden and you go drink some beer. Man, that's a, that's a terrible thing. To, and that's generally what a ha- person does whenever he gets backslidden. He starts going back to doing things that he used to do before he wasn't backslidden. And let me just say that when you get backslidden, the Holy Spirit goes with you. He's in you. He never leaves you, never forsakes you. That's why even while you're sinning, you're not happy. While you're sinning, the Lord is speaking to your heart and saying, You rascal, you need to get right with God. You need to get things straightened out with the Lord. And so the Holy Spirit reproves you and convicts you of sin. And if you... Again, if you do things bad and God doesn't convict you about it, you better check your salvation out. Better find out if you're really truly born again because he does convict those that are, that are um, uh, saved. Um, no earthly well can satisfy your thirst for heaven. Um, if you've ever tasted the blessings of God upon your life, then you're never happy being backslidden. If I had time, I could tell you about many, many things that God has done in my life to, to just make me thrilled, to be happy and joyful. And, and, and God has blessed in numerous ways throughout my life. And, and uh, I was up in McWanago, Wisconsin, preaching just a few weeks ago. And uh, it was... Um, going to be an hour or so before I was going to speak. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to, God was laying on my heart, said, you need to go out soul winning. So I was okay. And so I just got in the car and drove into town and drove down a road and, and saw this one guy. He had a ponytail. He was out doing something in his yard. And so I stopped and went up to him and he wasn't too interested in the Lord. I just stopped there because I looked on the outward appearance and figured uh, maybe this guy might be a good guy, but then, but I've been trying in my life every day of saying, Lord, somebody's looking for you. I don't know who it is, but Lord, if you lead me to them or lead them by my path, then I'll try to pay attention to you and witness to them. So I drove on down the road a little ways, and there was a guy, an old guy, out uh, trying to sweep his driveway off uh, with one of these little blower things. 
And so, uh, and the Lord just kind of said, hey, that's the guy, go talk to him. And so I parked the car and went up and talked to this guy. He was 87 years old. And in about 15, 20 minutes, he bowed his head and prayed and asked Jesus into his heart to be his Savior. And so that was exciting. That was wonderful. That's a wonderful thrill. I remember a time in El Paso, Texas. I was pastoring there way back in 19, is probably 1985 is when this uh, probably happened. And uh, 84 is when I started the church, and it was just a few months after that uh, that we were about nine months old. And the the church had been uh, blessed, and we, we were meeting in my house. Actually, uh, we had a little garage, and it was a one-car garage, and we took the door out and made a nice uh, front on it and put a nice church door in it uh, that looked nice. And... and if we packed that thing plumb full, we could get maybe 70 people in that garage when it was packed full wall to wall. And so we were going to have a big day. We'd been running about 50 to 60, something like that in services, pretty full building. And uh, so we went out and we pulled all the stops out and, and we were having Marie Calendar Sunday. You ever heard of that? Yeah, Marie Callender's Sunday. They had a big store there in town, a restaurant called Marie Callender's, and uh, they made pies as a specialty. And I went there at Marie Callender, Marie Callender and, and they gave me a deal on a bunch of pies. I bought about 50 pies uh, from them and uh, took them out to our church. And, and we had Marie Callender Sunday and invited people. And that morning, it was kind of cold. And some of my men came to the church early because they were going to set the chairs out in the parking lot because we thought we, you know, if we had 20 visitors, we would be maxed out in the, in the little garage. And so uh, it was cold, though, and I said, fellas, I don't think it's, we're going to have that many visitors today because it's cold outside and, and yeah, I, people aren't coming. And he said, where's your faith, preacher? And I said, well, okay, go ahead, set the chairs up. And so they went out there and they set the chairs up in the parking lot. And people started coming. And we were running about 60 on a good day. And when we stopped counting, at 242 people showed up that morning. Man, we were excited. And I preached my heart out, of course, and 39 people got saved that morning. Wow. And eight people got baptized. We used a cow trough to baptize because we didn't have a baptistry in the garage. And, and it was a cow trough, and we had a little curtain around the front of it, so it looked like it was really nice. And, and uh, uh, <laughs> just looks, you know, is all. And so anyway, we, uh, and, and I, of course, I didn't even get in it. I stood, stood beside it and baptized him in that thing. And we had such a great time. But I tell you what, you know, when you have victories like that, it's fun being a Christian. But guess what? It ought to be fun every day. Your name's written down in heaven. But you're not going to have fun if you're backslidden. You're not going to be uh, blessed if you're backslidden and away from God. Um, uh, do you know, um, uh, you won't be happy in this world if you're saved and uh, you get backslidden and away from the Lord. The Bible says, return, O backslider, uh, uh, backsliding children, uh, in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse number 12. Uh, do you know that you are a child of God? You belong to the Lord. And um, God doesn't believe in divorce. He won't leave you. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. And uh, now, 
when we hear about somebody getting backslidden, then what happens? First, their excitement is gone. Their excitement. You see some student around here, either he just flunked a couple of tests or he's backslidden if he has downhearted countenance. You see somebody that's downhearted and they keep it up, then something's wrong and you need to use that as a ministry to try to help them to get things straightened out in their life. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if we do what we're supposed to do, then we don't get backslidden. But if we do what our appetite wants us to do, many times you'll get backslidden and get away from God. Uh, there's times, though, in your life when you won't enjoy doing what God wants you to do. Like I mentioned about earlier that there were times that I didn't want to go soul winning. But you do it anyway. There's times when you really don't want to do what you're supposed to do, but you just go ahead and do it anyway. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Be, just uh, continue to do what you're supposed to do. Um, and then uh, you'll start falling in love with the Lord again. But, but you've got to do it anyway. Saturday comes and it's cold outside. They had a half of a snowstorm on Saturday night, and it's and it's five degrees outside. And oh man, I don't want to go soul winning today. I don't want to go bus visiting today. But then uh, you do it anyway because why? Because you're supposed to. Because God wants you to, and so on. Um, you don't want to read your Bible. You're backslidden, and you don't want to read your Bible. Read it anyway. Do it anyway. Just make yourself do it anyway because uh, it'll help you to get out of that backslidden condition. You don't want to pray? You don't want to talk to the Lord? Do it anyway. Talk to God anyway. Pray anyway. Just do what you're supposed to do. Uh, uh, Day after day after day, everyone who has ever gotten backslidden started getting backslidden when they didn't enjoy serving God like they used to. You first get saved, boy, you're excited. (coughs) But it doesn't take long for the devil to get in there and throw a monkey wrench in there somewhere and help you to not have a good time. Have somebody slam a door on your face, you know, or in your face, you know, whenever you knock on a door. And um, then you're not happy serving the Lord anymore. You don't want to do that anymore. You don't want to go out and and knock on any doors anymore. Just do it anyway. Do it anyway. Just do it. Do what you're supposed to do. Um, Samson got tired of listening to his parents, got backslidden and ruined his whole life because he got backslidden and got away from God. If we had time, Brother Armacost and I could come up here and we could tell you about a whole bunch of students Used to be good students at Fairhaven Baptist College. And uh, they got backslidden. They got away from God and they quit college. They quit serving God. And they quit doing what they were supposed to do. And not serving the Lord anymore. And they're miserable. They're miserable. You cannot find any of them that are happy. Why don't we learn from that and say, man, I don't want to be unhappy I'm going to keep serving God. I don't want to be unhappy. I'm going to be faithful to God. Do you know that when uh, college students quit school, they quit school when uh, vacation times come. Thanksgiving comes. And you're going home. There will probably be somebody here 
that won't come back after Thanksgiving because God led you to not come back. Liar, liar, pants on fire. We blame a whole lot of God's leading, I mean, of, of, of the things that we do wrong on God's leading when it's not God's leading. That's what happens to a lot of people when they get, get upset about something in a church. They say, well, God's leading me to go to a different church. That happens. And we try to blame it on God. The man, and when we get backslidden, that happens. Now, God, uh, God's call, uh, and it's, it's easier uh, to keep from backsliding if you turn around at the first little sign of it. You know, the, when I slipped out that door and started to fall, you know what I did? Immediately, I grabbed for that door handle. And that's what you ought to do whenever you start to backslide. Immediately, grab a hold of the Word of God. Grab a hold of another Christian to help you. But grab a hold of something in order uh, uh, that God can help you to not get backslidden. Um, and let me just say that when you get backslidden, the biggest, one of the biggest problems is you don't usually get backslidden alone. You usually take a bunch of people with you. You get discouraged in college and quit college. You know there's probably two or three other students that are kind of watching you. And they may get backslidden and quit college too because you did. You don't know who's watching you. You know about five years ago I got a telephone call from a guy uh, in uh, Mississippi. He said, hey, my name's Jack Woodard. Do you know me? And I said, no. And he said, oh, I went to high school with you. I said, oh, you did? And he said, he, uh, and, uh, uh, he said, yeah, I did. And he said, you know me? And I said, no, I don't. He says, well, I was just two years younger than you. Well, that explains it. Because when you're in high school, you don't pay any attention to anybody younger than you. They are nobody. They're little pipsqueaks. But if they're your age or older, then you pay attention to them. But I didn't know who he was. And he said, well, when you were in high school, I followed you around. I didn't know it. And he said, because I knew you had something I didn't have. And so he followed me. He says, I followed you all over Brunswick, Missouri. I followed you downtown. And uh, we used to go in this little drugstore and have uh, cherry phosphates. It's some kind of a little, little drink. I don't know if anybody's ever had a cherry. Anybody ever have a cherry phosphate? I didn't think they made them much anymore. But anyway, <clears throat> we go in there, and I get a cherry phosphate. It was kind of carbonated water with cherry. You know, it tastes pretty good. And, uh, but we'd go in there and get that, and he followed me in there, and, and he even followed me to church. And he kept asking people, what does Roger Bottrell have that I don't have? What does he have? Because he seems so happy and everything, so on. And do you know that um, somebody said, well, he has Jesus in his heart. He's saved. And he said, what's that? And they led him to Christ. He got saved. And you know what he told me? He says, and I'm an independent, fundamental, Bible-believing Baptist preacher in Mendenhall, Mississippi today because of your testimony in high school. Whoa, and I didn't even know him. I mean, if he'd have been right in front of me, I'd have had no idea. I'd never seen him before in my life. 
But you don't know who you're influencing. You don't know the, the power of influence of somebody else and peers that are uh, the people that are looking at you and so on and watching you and, and they watch how you, you talk and dress and, and your attitude and your spirits and all of those kinds of things. And you could cause people to get backslidden. You get away from God and you're going to take some others down with you. Others in your family maybe. Maybe you have a brother or a sister that's looking up to you. And they're going to get backslidden because you get backslidden. They're going to get away from God because you got away from God. You know, uh, look at uh, Lot. He got right with God, but he lost all of his family. Lost all of his family. Think about that, what he had to pay. Eli, in the Old Testament, he was the man of God, but he didn't. Raised his kids right, and his two sons went to hell. Hophni and Phineas will be in hell. Uh, they'll be in hell today. Do you know, after you uh, quit serving God, you begin to be unfaithful to God in a lot of other things. So one of the first things that happens whenever you get backslidden is you stop serving God. You stop doing the things that keeps you busy for the Lord. You're involved in the bus ministry. You're involved in the Jolly Sixties. You're involved in this ministry. You're involved in junior church and whatever. First thing you do, well, I think God's leading me to something else. I'm going to quit, quit this ministry. And it's not long. You quit doing things for the Lord and you'll get backslidden. Every Christian who's ended up in the gutter began being unfaithful in little things. And they got backslidden and got away from God. Uh, not in deep sin yet, but there's a way to stop it if you start slipping backwards. And that's uh, uh, to, to just quit it and do what's right. Um, uh, you need to, you know, have you ever climbed a tree? And you get way up in the tree. And if you were to slip off a branch and fall, you know what you ought to do? Grab the closest branch that you, that's to you. You know, grab, oh, there's one way down there at the bottom, I'll grab that one. Oh, no, 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 no. No, that's stupid. You know, dumb. No, you grab the first one that you can grab a hold of. That might slow you down a little bit. And then you, you fall off of that one, and then you grab the next one. But you keep grabbing branches until, until there's no more branches to, to grab. Um, you'll... Um, have to pay for your sin. You as a Christian, backslidden away from God, you cannot be happy and you're under conviction, but God's going to have to have you pay for your sin and nobody likes that. You know, you're going to have to pay for your sin. David had to pay several, a fourfold punishment whenever he fell into sin and you'll have to pay for it too and be punished by the Lord if you get into sin. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes it even ends up in death. God says, you're so backslidden that I've got to bring you up into heaven to keep an eye on you. And so he takes your life and you go to heaven early. When you could have had a whole life to serve the Lord. And then you die early because you got into sin. Oh, man, we ought not to do that. Uh, uh, 
Do you remember the story of Robert Robinson? He wrote that song in your songbooks called, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy praise. And so on. He wrote that song. What a great message that song has. But later in his life, he got backslidden, got away from God. And he met this young lady. And his young lady uh, sang that song to him, Come Thou Found of Every Blessing. And do you know that it brought him under such conviction that he got things right with God. Uh, he sought me when a stranger and so on. And he fell on his face and he got things right with God. I'll tell you what. Be ready to get right with God all the time, all the time. Uh, I have a message I preach sometimes, I don't preach it very often, called the sin of not using the altar. It's interesting, I pastored, I started three churches and pastored three others. And in every church that I pastored, there were people in my church that had been there Five years, seven years, ten years, fourteen years, or whatever. And through revivals and missions conferences and all the different meetings that we'd have. And then in fourteen years, where I pastored last, never one time did they ever come to the altar. Can you tell me that God didn't speak to their heart any time in fourteen years? I mean, even if they couldn't listen to me much, we had enough special speakers that they should have listened to somebody. But somebody, their heart was spoken to, but they didn't move. They didn't go to the altar. How many times has God spoken to your heart and said, get down to that altar? But you didn't do it. You stayed in your pew. I know how Christians act because I'm a Christian and I've been in a pew. And I've been sitting there before and the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and I didn't go to the altar either sometimes. I always felt bad when I didn't, when I should have. We need to pay attention to the Holy Spirit of God. And when he speaks to your heart and says, get down to that altar and get things right with me, then you need to obey the Lord and do that. If you're not close to God, then man... Something's wrong in your life. You're backslidden. Uh, let me say uh, uh, that you backslide when you put too much dependence upon strong leadership. Did you hear that? Because your faith is in the leader and not in the Lord. Now, we need to respect and thank the Lord for great leadership. But you don't put your faith in somebody that's your leader. You let them be a good example for you, but you follow God. He has never let anybody down. And you put your confidence in people, and people will discourage you, and that will cause you to quit serving God whenever, uh, whenever somebody that you have looked up to and they mess up on something or they don't do something how you thought they ought to do it, then all of a sudden your faith is destroyed because your faith was in them and not in the Lord. Need to follow the Lord. Number two is there ought to be a dis. Uh, there ought, uh, uh, you get backslidden when you have a disregard for Scripture. 
when you don't let the Word of God speak to your heart whenever you read it or whenever it's preached to you. Uh, you neglect the Bible, uh, you, Bible reading, that's one of the first signs of backsliding when you quit reading your Bible. And then also, uh, you get backslidden when you have a failure to keep your commitments. Whenever you have committed something to the Lord, maybe privately or maybe even publicly, but you commit something to the Lord and you don't keep them, then you get backslidden. Let's say you had a missions conference and God led you to give so much to missions every week and then you didn't keep your commitment. That's one of the steps in getting backslidden. Also, they ignored the signs of spiritual decay. We get plenty of preaching to where we know the signs of spiritual backsliding. We know what happens in our lives and we ignore those signs and then we don't make the adjustments to get things right with the Lord. I wonder if we could have every head bowed for a moment and every eye closed. Lord Jesus, I pray that this morning, if there's any students here, Lord, that have a tendency in their own heart, even at this moment, of being backslidden and getting away from God. Lord, if, we, if we're not right with you, we need to get things right. Lord, I pray that every student that's here would be right with you before they go home for the Thanksgiving holiday. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help these students to not be backslidden, but not get backslidden. If they are, they need to get right. And pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to be obedient to the Holy Spirit even today. If there's a student here, somebody that's not saved, pray that they would come and let Brother Armacost or myself or somebody know and we'll help them to make that decision to get born again this morning. Please meet our spiritual needs today. Let's all stand while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and the pianist plays. If God's speaking to your heart, you need to come to this altar. Just obey the Holy Spirit of God and do what God wants you to do.